Crosswinds family and friends, welcome to Crosswinds Unleashed. Each week we're dedicated to bringing the best stories and biblical life principles from authentic believers. Our podcast breaks down the Christian life through interviews and practical instruction in what we hope will be a fun and accessible way. I'm Craig Cooper, the host of this podcast and lead pastor of Crosswinds Church. I always like to give a special shout out to our executive producer, Eliza Merrill, uh, and of course our producer, Sheldon Boyce, but Elijah is actually uh, in studio with us, and Sheldon is actually out doing some other business, and so we have Dave Wright, who's producing this particular episode. Thank you, Dave, for doing that, and thank you, Elijah, for being in studio. Uh, We have back with us uh, in this conversation, Betty Ryan, who's a part of the other three previous conversations out of the book of Titus. And and we're having these conversations in part because Titus is such a cool book, uh, but also because as the time of these recording, we're we're in a series as Crosswinds in the book of Titus. And so uh, that's why we're we're having these conversations also is to sort of be a supplement, if you will, to the messages. There's things that I would love to have dug deeper into, um, but wasn't wasn't able to. Um, and so here we are having these conversations. Uh, if you want to know more about the podcast, if you want to know more about Crosswinds, if you want to, maybe you're listening to this uh, years ago, down the road, you can go back to the archives and hear the messages we did on Titus. Um, but all you got to do is head on over to our website, crosswinds.church. That's where you'll find out all things Crosswinds, crosswinds.church. Church. But again, let me formally welcome uh, Elijah. Thank you so much for being a part of this podcast. Of course. Thank you. Betty, thank you so much for being in studio. It's yeah. good to have you with us. Thank you as well. Yep. Well, you know, I've been really debating because this is our fourth and probably our final podcast on Titus, unless I can squeeze another one in here. Um, uh, what I wanted to actually look at, and, and the reality of it is one of my favorite, one of my favorite uh, gospel presentations in scripture is in the book of Titus. Um, but to be honest with you, I got to really dig into that a little more when it came to the when it came to the message itself. And so I don't feel that the podcast it would just be duplicating a lot of what I said in the message. Um, but one area I really want us to talk about because you know Paul talks about it too, and, and that's that's confrontation. Uh, he he deals with with confrontation um, within the within the book of Titus actually throughout the book. So we'll do sort of an overview. He he talks about uh, you know how to confront those who are who are false teachers and, and probably what we understand was happening on the island of Crete in part was that there were a group of uh, what we would call in the scripture looks at as Judaizers um, there were individuals who were teaching that you had to become a Jew before you became a Christian uh, of course that was really answered at the first Jerusalem Council. Uh, where they said, no, you don't, uh, that, that, you know, that to be, to be Jewish is to be Jewish, but to be Christian is to be Christian, and, and you become Christian by receiving Christ as Lord and Savior. In fact, one of the oldest professions in the church is found in Romans, and Paul says, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that, you know, Jesus is Lord, that you'll be saved. And so, you know, it, it's not about becoming something else, it's about receiving someone else, and it's receiving Christ as Lord that makes someone a Christian. And so he talks about the importance of sound doctrine versus... Um, you know, he, he talks about, you know, like sort of Jewish myths and these type of things that were happening within, uh, within the church. But he also talks about, about controversy and division. And, and for instance, he says, as for a person who stirs up division after warning him once, and this is in chapter 3 of Titus, um, verse 10, he says, as for the person who uh, stirs up division after warning him once and twice, have nothing to do with him. 
uh, knowing that such a person is warped and sinful, he's self-condemned. And, and, and what's interesting to me, and what I'd like us to talk about a little bit is this. First of all, it's really easy in Scripture to find like Christ teaching of how to confront somebody, you know, go one-on-one, then bring a group. It's easy to, to, to sort of codify all this and say that one way of confronting fits everything. And that's not true, that they're, they're, that within the context of Scripture as a whole, particularly in the New Testament, there's certainly principles laid out in how we're to confront people. First of all, we are to do so, that, that any conflict that's left unaddressed usually festers. Uh, it doesn't resolve itself. But what, what's interesting about this particular passage to Titus, to me, is it still basically encourages Titus to keep the main thing the main thing. Because he's not just telling Titus to do this. This is a leadership principle across the board where he says, warn him once, warn him twice, then have nothing to do with them. Which I, when I first looked at this, it made me, it made me um, sort of laugh a little bit. Because, you know, in our culture, we, we understand baseball a little bit. It's three strikes and you're out. And Paul, it's like two. You know, it's like, do it once, do it a second time, then move on. Why? Because as important as, as dealing with issues is, the gospel is more important, and, and there's a ministry that needs to take place, and those who cause division need to be addressed, but at some point, um, you can give so much attention to it that you're not doing what the main thing calls us to do, which is to know God and make him known. And so Paul's not giving Titus an easy out. He says, warn him once. Go and warn them a second time, but then you need to move on. And, and so in my mind, and then I'll, I'll, I'll ask Elijah and Betty to talk into this, a couple of things jump out at me uh, just at, at first view. First is this, confrontation needs to happen, that, that when division is happening, you got to address it, that that's a call of a leader. And, and by the way, when I say leader, it's anyone who has influence. So that's a call of a believer, that we don't let... Division happen. In fact, as the body of Christ, one of our one of our tasks is to is to protect the solidarity of the family of God. And so Paul definitely says to Titus, "You need you need to confront this thing." But here's the other thing: you can spend so much time doing so that you give it more attention than it deserves, and that there is a point to where you've done it a couple of times. And the best defense against division is to disciple people into what's right. And those people who allow themselves to be discipled into what's right, understanding the Word of God, trusting the Holy Spirit to lead them in their life, will see division for what it is. And so there's two ways to protect the church, and both are important, but I would argue not equally so. There is an importance to confronting division, actually standing up for what's right, going to a person lovingly in the hope that they will repent and, 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 re, and return back into right standing within God's family. But the most important way to deal with division is to make sure that discipleship is happening so people can, can discern what's right and wrong, and, and the divisive person is seen for just that. You know, in, in other words, if sheep are truly listening to the shepherd, they can't be led astray. But if they're not listening to the shepherd or not learning how to listen to the shepherd, and by the way, shepherd Jesus, not the under-shepherd's pastors, are listening to the shepherd, it's going to be more, more difficult for someone to try to lead them astray. They're going to know the voice of God and say, no, what you're teaching is not right. What you're saying is not right. The way you're saying it is ungodly. Um, why would anyone follow you? 
Um, and so then there's this culture of confrontation, right, that's happening, not in a negative way, but to say, I'm hoping that you'll repent and come to Christ. Um, and so so Paul writes this, and again, it's, it's a little letter uh, with big lessons, and here's this like two verses that to me, um, it has a profound impact on how we as the body of Christ are united. And so, Betty, I'll jump over to you first and say, you know, as you look at that, and, and the whole book does deal with the idea of confrontation and, and being in sound doctrine. Again, but that's that's being in the Bible, understand biblical teaching and appropriately understanding that, and, and how do you address people who are falling outside of that. But these two verses in particular to me really stand out as, as pretty powerful for us as leaders. Yeah, th- there's so much here because you say the whole book talks about this, but then he gets into specifics, right? Because you have people who say, well, what if? What if this? Well, what if that? You know, and he can be very general to say, you said it, the person who stirs up division after warning him once and then twice. And I, I love the way he's practical in that because you warn somebody once, they learn from their ways, they come back and they begin to um, uh, understand and they can be led as well as be leaders, right? Okay. But then they come back and it seems like they're doing good and they're not, so you have to let them go. So it's a very practical, I think, uh, leadership lesson for us. And so we should look at it all as practical. And to avoid foolish controversies, there's been so many times where, unfortunately, I have spent so much time in in the what-ifs with someone. Well, what if this? What if that? When somebody over there could have really used some guidance or mentoring or support Mm -hmm. Um, and it wasn't only me that could do it. Certainly yes. there are others out there. But I had the opportunity, and I let that go because I was stuck, you know, in a controversy, which um, as I learn more and more, I begin to understand the boundaries better there, you know. And boundaries um, is a good statement. You know, I, I don't know why, and it's not a direct correlation, but, but it, it does deal with the same type of issue to a certain extent. When I think of Nehemiah from the Old Testament, Nehemiah's up on the wall. He's he's given this this just challenge to 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 build the walls back around Jerusalem, and he's doing it. And these individuals are really upset because they don't want the Jews to come back. And if they build the walls, not they don't want them to come back and be safe. And, and so they come to try to get him off the wall. And hey, come have a conversation with us. Now, of course, they're there to kill him. And not everyone who's trying to divide the church is trying to literally physically kill somebody, but they are trying to kill the body, whether they realize it or not. But Nehemiah had the foresight to, to not just uh, understand what their real motives were, but to say, no, no, I've got to build the wall, you know? And, and I think when, I, when I've worked with pastors, I do some coaching and consulting and those type of things over the years. One of the areas that will really trip a pastor off and uh, trip a pastor up, and, and another one that really, when I think of um, burnout and so much uh, among clergy, is putting too much emphasis in this area. But you got to address it. Like I said earlier, you got to address it, but you can't get off the wall because if you get off the wall, you're not doing those things which create a healthy body, right? You're, you're, if you're not focusing on preaching the word, equipping people uh, to be everyday missionaries in their everyday life, uh, then 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 all of a sudden you become part of the problem. You're not the solution. You're part of the problem because you're not dealing with the things that God has called you to. You're, you're fixated on this individual or this group of individuals who are doing things which aren't God-pleasing anyway. So really you confront them in the hope that they'll repent and turn to Christ, but you don't spend so much time and energy that you forsake the things that God's called you to do. And so what do you, what do you think, Elijah, when you look at that? Yeah, I think it's um, it's just it's 
it's in line with what we're saying, but it's a recognition of the of the mission being more important. It's this recognition that okay, what what we are what we are called to be doing right now in this moment, going back to that Nehemiah thing, is no, we are we are meant to be doing this thing right now, and this is what God has us here for. And so you're right, confrontation is is important in the sense that um, I feel like if you if you avoid it, then you're just other things are festering, you know, and and you could get into um, such, you know, just unhealthy, unhealthy habits and, and resentment and all these different things. So there, there is, there is a need for that. Um, but you're right. I love, I love how, I love how Paul writes. It's like, you know, you go, you go and deal with the confrontation once and then you go and deal with it again, but then it's too, what God is calling us to do is too important. We need to be on, on mission and on task for this. And going back to something, Craig, you said a little bit earlier, which uh, I really liked is they, it just stresses the importance that, that everybody be, just be in the process of being constantly fed into with that, with that mission and being discipled in that. And, and going back to the shepherd thing is how important it is that, that they be, in relationship with God and in his word, because if, if not, then you're just going to have, you're just going to have clash, right? You're going to have people who, who are like, what is your confrontation based on at that point? Because then now you have both parties who are not, neither one is in line with what God, God's vision is and God's mission is for them. You know what I mean? So now it's yeah. like, what is your, what are you truly, how do you resolve that situation? And that's maybe when a leader steps in and says, okay, you know, we have to refocus. You know what I mean? I, yeah. this is, we got to just get back on, back on what's most important, you know? Yeah. Which part, maybe that's part of the confrontation too, right? Mm-hmm. Is to say that, you know, what we're talking about is is leading us off the main thing. And I think that's the, you know, we talk about the main thing being the main thing. The main thing is knowing God and making him known. There, there's nothing secondary uh, about either one of those things. They're, they are the main thing, you know? And so if we're not doing that, um, then then the issue is probably something maybe is important, but not certainly isn't as important. Um, there are other issues that will come up that could that could easily be worth addressing, but for for me to be honest with you, when you think of people who are causing division, um, never are they on the side of knowing God and making Him known. Mm. You know, there's a lot of me in, in the statements that are being made. There, there's a lot of uh, half truths that are usually being spoken. There's there's poor doctrine that's being stated, and that's a doctrine's even addressed. Uh, when I think of, like, again, when I, in my personal experience, but even more so as I've coached and consulted, the the issues that happens within some Christian families, uh, some churches, that are just heartbreaking to me are divisions over things that have nothing to do with heaven or hell. Um, you know, uh, you know, churches will get upset because someone puts a new sign out front. Or, or they'll get upset because they don't like a certain worship song, or they don't like a volume, or they don't like the color of a carpet that's placed in a room. Now, I'm, I'm thankful that, by and large, we don't have such a um, petty church here at Crosswinds. I'm blessed to be a part of the church uh, I'm a part of here. Um, but it, it, it can get crazy uh, when people start to 
to do those things. And then sometimes it could be doctrine. You know, just just a couple weeks ago, I had a situation where an individual came into the church who was upset because we were worshiping on Sunday instead of Saturday night, and uh, they were trying to hand out things, saying that that you know we're uh, uh, I was we're preaching uh, heresy, and and you know that was a dumb dog and. And, you know, anyone who knows me knows a dumb dog statement didn't really bother me because whatever. But the heresy part, I was like, well, I don't think so. We're trying to preach the word, you know. And, and um, But I didn't argue with the individual. I really didn't. And, and it wasn't worth arguing over. The individual wasn't coming to have a conversation. They were coming to, to cause problems. And, and so you have to have wisdom. And there's a part, did I warn him once or twice? Well, I guess, maybe, I don't know. But actually, what I did was I said, we're done with the conversation. This is going to a, once you call me a dumb dog and a heretic, I thought, okay, this conversation is pretty much done. And um, we're going to move forward. And I said, you know, let's, let's, I think it's better if you leave. And myself and a couple of brothers in Christ lovingly and gently escorted him to the door. Um, where, where, the, where he left with two friends who were causing havoc out in the parking lot. And I'll be honest with you, first time in 31 years I've ever had something like that happen on a Sunday morning. But here's a person who thought that they were right, uh, I think, felt, felt that they were, they were doing something that was honoring to God, but we're doing, number one, we're doing it in a way that wasn't honoring to God. And number two, we're, we're definitely preaching uh, false doctrine. Um, but my point there is, you know, you look at this warn someone once, warn someone twice, they weren't part of our fellowship. Does that you know you can go back and forth? Is that way? No, you have to take the total principles of scripture. And, and for that one, to be honest with you, it was don't throw pearls before swine. I thought this isn't a person who wants a conversation, it's a person who wants a conflict. And I can either choose to um, throw water on the fire or, or, or gasoline. And with the price of gas these days, I decided water. And and, and just, you know, to, to go that route and had brothers in Christ who were with me um, to help that happen, and, and sisters in Christ, actually, who are part of the security team. By the way, shout out to our security team. Great job. Um, no one was in any type of physical, um, what do you say? Uh, we were, Our lives weren't in jeopardy. Um, but we had another service coming up, and ministry was. Uh, and, and so, you know, when we look at these words, especially this one in Titus, we, we look at the principles, we look at what's being taught, and we apply them to the situation we find ourselves in. And that's why it's so important, even as much as I love Titus, I do read other books of the Bible, um, because it's the totality of the teaching that gives me the principles in, in order to handle conflict. I do know conflict needs to be handled. I do know it needs to be handled godly. And the Bible gives tons of principles on how to do it that allows us in different situations to pull from and make sure we're doing it effectively. And to me, I'm so thankful for that. You know, the Bible isn't a—is it a leadership book? Well, no, it's not just a leadership book, right? It, it, when we look at what the Bible's all about, it's, it's a book of redemptive history that allows us to know God and make Him known. That That's what the Bible's for, right? So we can grow closer to God as, as His family. We can be on mission. Um, sharing his love and message with others as everyday missionaries and our everyday mission field. But it has so much to say about so many things that, you know, I just, part of me, I, I just don't understand why people just don't don't dig in, dig in, because there's so much there. And I can just see in this situation where it's a divisive person, where part of what Paul has said in the entire letter is just remind them what the Bible actually says about who we're supposed to be. Who are we supposed to be? And And sometimes I think... I feel like I'm rambling a little bit, but it's so important to say. Uh, sometimes I think that in confrontation, we can deal with the issue without dealing with what the main issue is. Um, let, me, let me clarify that, then I'll give you guys some time. Uh, I went to a church that was um, five years old, 
it, it had been a church plant. Uh, I called it a cesarean church plant uh, because uh, it was a split that became a plant. Uh, I was the third lead pastor in five years, um, which meant the church didn't have a whole lot of stability. Um, before I arrived, um, they would have church meetings quarterly, um, and they were very aggressive, um, very, very aggressive from when I got there. In fact, the vice chairman who brought me in said, just so you know, we were getting ready to go into a meeting. He said, these have gotten very heated. And I said, what do you mean by heated? And they said, well, people have really gotten mad at each other. They, as he described it, I said, so basically they've been very ungodly. And he said, yeah, I guess that's that's the good way to put it. And so I went into this meeting, and young pastor... And I remember saying to them, so the issue could be, what are the issues, right? Okay, what are you guys upset about? What's going? On? But I wanted to deal with a main issue, and the main issue was this: we're not required by discipline to have these meetings. You know, we do this because you were without a pastor for a while. We're a young church. We're trying to establish, you know, who we're going to be, where we're heading, type of stuff. If at any moment um, we act ungodly, the meeting will stop immediately, and we just won't have these anymore. We're not going to get together and in any way dishonor God. And I said, and after all, I expect more from you. You guys love each other. And I know, I said, I don't know what your meetings were like before I wasn't here. I mean, I heard about them, but I wasn't here. Um, but I really believe we can do better. And and um, that night was the first meeting they had had where no one got out, out of control. No one no one lost it. And I think part of it was because we dealt with the main thing. And the main thing is we're all we're all one. We're all trying to accomplish what God's called us to do. Um, let, let's be godly. And, and we can disagree on things, but we don't have to be disagreeable, right? And, and, and that's in the Word too, right? I see that throughout the book of Titus, this idea of biblical teaching and dealing with the main thing. And sometimes the main thing isn't the problem in front of us. The main thing is the attitude in front of us. And, and, and we deal with those things. These divisive people, I think they probably, in the book of Titus, they probably thought they were right. Um, but they weren't doing anything right, right? And so, so warn them once, warn them twice, move forward. But then there's other principles in Scripture that talks about um, how to make sure we're, we're standing up for sound doctrine. In fact, that's in Titus 2. Stand up for it. You know, it's okay. And so sometimes I think even in confrontation, you know, add, I'll, I'll add on the stuff that's earlier in the book that applies to this too. Deal with the main thing first. And the main thing, again, may not be the actual conflict the person has. It may be the attitude that needs to be addressed before you can actually have a good conversation. I don't know. I, I just I just think that's so important. Um, now I am rambling, but I was in a meeting one time, and uh, an individual really just got so upset, and I couldn't figure out where it was, why he was getting so upset in that meeting. And all I remember was the spirit just nudging me, and I said, um, I said his name, and I said, "There are no enemies here. We're we're, we're all family, and, and you're loved." Which was really sort of, I mean, if you're in the room. <laughs> it was like total counter to where the conversation was going. But all of a sudden, there was this calmness. And like I saw him take this deep breath, and we were able to talk. And so listening to the Spirit and, 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 and you know, understanding what God's doing in the moment, and I didn't understand why he was upset to this day. I'm not totally sure why he was so upset. But understanding that sometimes conflict you're having with somebody isn't even about the issue. Maybe they're having conflict in their life. And, you know, the reality of it is sometimes people bring their conflict into the church because it's the safe pla- safest place to sort of bring it because uh, we're, by and large, nice people and we listen. And maybe it's important that we just sort of listen, but we also speak truth in those situations so people can understand that there's something better than just sort of... <sighs> You know, laying it out there that way, mm-hmm. Betty. I know you. You know, I mean, I, I know you've had a lot of 
uh, experience, both as a pastor and leader and all those type of things. What, what, what would you add to this conversation this way? Yeah, I think you mentioned amazing points, and even giving the examples provides us with some context, you know, to help in those things. Uh, one of the things that, that you said was to s- stop it, you know, um, the longer you allow something to go on, as you referred to in the previous church, the deeper it grows, the more it becomes the norm. It should never be the norm. So to move from what someone has created as norm that is not biblical all the way back takes longer. So the quicker you can address that and, and in a graceful, godly way, uh, the better for that individual and for the people that you're shepherding. I know that people have done that with me, <laughs> and I'm so grateful that they have said to me, now, nah, hold on. You know, have you thought about this? Or why is this making you upset? Or what, you know, what's really at the root of the problem here? And I am so grateful to them. Yeah, I am too. You know, for those who have done that to me so that I can move on now and see things in a clearer light. I wasn't seeing in a clearer light before, and now I can. Mm -hmm. And now I can be a better leader, a better um, pastor, a better believer, a better mom, a better wife, a better all those things because people have pointed it out in me. So thank you for those who've done it in a way that is because they care about me, not because they just want to make a point. Yeah, that's, you know, Betty, that's such a great point too because, uh, you know, any of us who are growing have had people who have come into our life and have confronted us. And oftentimes confrontation, the word confront seems like such a mean word. It's not when it's done in love. And and, um, I am the product too of confrontation of people saying, you know, why does that get you upset? Why are you acting that way? Do you know that when you say something, it, it came across like this, mm-hmm. you know? And and I, too, am thankful for all those who loved me enough uh, to be obedient to the Lord and, 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 and call me out when I need to be called out, you know? And I still need that. I still need that. I wish I could say I've, I'm far beyond that. Don't need it anymore. But I still need that. And and for each person who's willing to do that, I, I, again, I, I echo you. Thank you so much for, for doing that. Liza, what do you think? You're perfect, so you never need to be confronted. Uh, well, so you can yeah. give us on the other side of things. Um, I uh, no, 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 no. I um, I was just reminded as you guys were talking something that um, a couple things, something that my dad used to say to my siblings and I was um, before you enter enter into a conversation with somebody and challenge them on something do the best that you can to understand your side of what you're challenging and unpack that force a little bit so i think what he meant was before you like when emotions get involved things get sped up i think sometimes and can get more intense and so um in certain conflict situations, if you are going into a situation where you are going – that you know you're just going to challenge somebody on something, whether it's – whether you are in – you know, you are challenging uh, just a, a friend or someone that you're in a relationship with or you are – you feel in your heart that – you should you should challenge someone you know in leadership above you whatever it is like make sure before you go into that situation that you have that you have a firm understanding of what 
you're challenging and what your what your thought and perspective is. That's good. And what your view is because they most likely are going to. Yeah, that's good. You know, or rather not, maybe they might not, but always assume that they're going yeah. to. And then before you enter into that conversation, make sure you're ready because if they come at you with, well, no, it's not that it's this. You right. don't want to be like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm not ready for <laughs> you this. Know what I, mean? I think that's fair. I mean, that's showing respect for the other person too, yep. right? To say, I'm going to prepare before I have this conversation yep. and make sure that we're heading in a healthy direction. You know, for me too, you know, when confronting somebody, I think the, the gist is we want to make sure, you know, that we're advancing toward godliness, whether that's in their life, my life, or, or the king, you know, as far as the church as a whole. And so, you know, that to me sometimes uh, even separates between do I need to talk to the person because it's going to advance me in this thing or is it going to advance what God wants in this thing? And, and sometimes, you know, when, when we don't confront people out of love, we're confronting them out of some type of selfish desire or, or, you know, that type of thing. And so we want to make sure that we're actually confronting someone for the right reason. Mm-hmm. Here it's obvious they're, they're causing division in the church. And yeah. and one of the tasks of, of a leader is to protect the integrity of God's family. So that's important. Well, as we wrap up here, uh, final words, final thoughts. Uh, Betty, you start us out and then I'll wrap us up. Uh, I just think final thoughts, even as we've looked at controversy today is there are so many lessons to be learned in this small book and isn't that how you title yeah. it you know and um, so important and I encourage people to dig into what God wants to share with them uh, truth doesn't change but sometimes how it applies to the situation in your life will be um, instrumental in the next decision that you make that's a good word. and so so dig in that's a good word Elijah um, yeah, I just I keep going back to how important it is to to be keeping the main thing the main thing. And something that I thought about earlier was um, how how important it is because it gives you this if you are if you are running everything through your your core values of what your main thing is, and you stand firm behind that, it gives you a baseline to run all these other conversations through. Yeah. And so you can enter into some of these conflicts and challenges in your life and and know more and probably and hopefully know quicker in a conversation. This isn't going in a direction that is in line with what that core main thing is for me, which is what we're talking about, which is, you know, being a making knowing God and making him known. Yeah, you that's know? right. And so just how important it is to to just be keeping that just a firm foundation, you know, in your life. Yeah, I would just I just echo all that. That's good stuff. And and for me, you know, I'll just throw out there again. Um, things that need to be confronted need to be confronted. Uh, they need to be confronted in a way that that aligns with biblical principle. Uh, you know, I echo what what um, Elijah just said. Keep the main thing the main thing. Don't allow it to distract you. So give it the credit it's due and no more. Um, and I hope, uh, as we've been having these discussions, it, it challenges you to dig deeper into not just the book of Titus, but the Word. Uh, there is so much there, and it teaches us the way. And uh, what a, what a, what an amazing privilege we have as followers of Jesus Christ to have this amazing uh, collection of books in our Bible, 66 books, right? That we can we can study, 
we can we can we can learn we can apply we can grow and so uh, again thank you so much for allowing us as a podcast uh, to be able to be a part of your journey uh, if we can do anything uh, reach out to us again go to crosswinds.church that's where you can find out more about us and crosswinds church crosswinds.church it's how we communicate with you it's how you can communicate with us as always be blessed and bless others Thank you.